It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it to Tuesday, barely the ice storm of 2023. All right, I don't have any problems other than getting the thick ice off of my car. That was the issue. Welcome to uh, Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in the studio. Scooter Dingus on the other side of the glass. It's cold out there, Scoots. It is. That's why I've got my toboggan on inside. Uh, I brought mine. I, it's here just in case. Mm. It, uh, my head is so large that when I put the headphones on, I really can't get a toboggan <laughs> on. Eminem Cartage hotline is open, 502-384-1450. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, 384-1450. Thornton's text line open as well. That number is 502-414-1450. Right now, get your free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit or steak and egg burrito or bacon, egg, and cheese croissant along with a 20-ounce bottled soda or any fountain drink, tea, or fizz freeze. By becoming a new Refreshing Rewards member, simply download the app, register for Refreshing Rewards to earn your free breakfast on Thornton's, and hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. I know it's basketball season. I know there's one NFL game left. There's one football Well, I don't count the Pro Bowl, which is this year flag football. But there's one football game left. But we're going to talk some football today. The Love Louisville it. football schedule came out last night for next year. No Clemson, no Florida State, no North Carolina, seven home games, three road games, and two neutral site games. That's a good year for Jeff Brown right off the bat. Yeah. Now, the neutral sites are Georgia Tech and Atlanta, so it's not really a neutral site. It's a neutral field because it's going to be in the Mercedes-Benz Dome and uh, Indiana in Lucas Oil Stadium. I guess that's a neutral site. I'm sure Cardinal fans can get as many tickets as Hoosier fans can get for that. If not more. There'll be more Louisville fans wanting to go to that game than Indiana fans. And Notre Dame at home. So, pretty favorable schedule for Louisville. There are three road games here. NC State, Pitt, and Miami. Miami will be a challenge. NC State, Pitt, I don't know. We'll find out. You know, we got to wait to see who goes through the transfer portal, where they end up, all of that good stuff. But on the surface, you don't have Clemson. You don't have Jordan Travis and a, an improved Florida State. You don't have uh, North Carolina and Luke May, uh, who's going to be a Heisman candidate. That's a pretty good schedule. I mean, Call if you to avoid some teams, those are the teams to avoid maybe. Notre Dame probably the toughest Game on the schedule. No offense to Hoosier fans. None taken. And then they'll finish the season at the new LNN Federal Credit Union Stadium. Yikes. Against Kentucky. What do you think about the name? Hate it. I don't see the word. Hate it. Why is it not LNN? Now, maybe I'm wrong about this. I've been wrong many times, and research is, of course, optional on this show. Maybe it is LNN Federal Credit Union Cardinal Stadium, but I don't think it is. I think it's just LNN Federal Credit Union Stadium, which will be shortened by all the fans to LNN Stadium, or they'll still call it Cardinal Stadium. Everyone's still going to call it Cardinal Stadium. It's like I was telling you off air. It's always going to be Cardinal Stadium. It is a uh, 20-plus year contract, $41 million for naming rights. They're doing well over at the LNN Federal Credit Union, apparently. It's like take 
Take Indiana's Assembly Hall, for example. Simon Scott Assembly Hall. Nobody calls it Simon Scott <laughs> Assembly Hall. They ever they all still call it Assembly Hall. You know why they don't call it Simon Scott Assembly Hall? Because nobody because can say it. Because when they see the name spelled out, they have no idea how to pronounce it. <laughs> Simon Skajodit. You forgot the J. Skajodit. I don't know. All right, uh, Kentucky and Ole Miss tonight. Indiana is on the road at Maryland tonight. We'll talk about those games. I did finish All Quiet on the Western Front, the German version, up for an Academy Award, not only for Best Foreign Film this year, but for Best Picture, two and a half hours of subtitles. Now, for the most part, most of the movie was just war scenes. World War One. that's what it's about. Um. So you didn't need the you didn't have to worry about subtitles, but it was brutal. It was more brutal. I would say it was at least as brutal, if not more brutal, than the opening twenty minutes of Saving Private Ryan. Mm. There were some shots where you just flinch, turn your head a little, go, oh man, I wish I hadn't seen that. But I will say this: great movie, great movie. One to ten. I mean, I would go eight. Eight and a half. That's good. Yeah. Um, because I was riveted and it didn't feel like two hours and 28 minutes. Now, I watched the first 30 minutes one day and then the last two hours yesterday. But I was going to watch it. All right. Here's a little behind the uh, curtain. I was going to watch it Sunday evening after the uh, NFL playoff games. So they're over at. You know, 10 o'clock or so, the Bengals uh, Chiefs game ends. I think, okay, I got a couple hours. Let's watch this movie. I'm flipping around and uh, on my DirecTV, and I come across Hot Tub Time Machine, which is just. Right. Oh, my gosh, John. Yeah, I know. I chose to rewatch, not watch. Such trash. Not watch for the first time, rewatch what I think is a hilarious movie, uh, Hot Tub Time Machine. John Cusack, Craig Robinson, Rob Corddry. Ah, hilarious. A little Chevy Chase cameo, Crispin Glover. Funny movie. And I, when it was over, I just felt bad. I chose to rewatch that over finishing this unbelievably sad and uh, action-packed, thrilling German film. Okay. So I, I sort of guilted myself into finishing it yesterday. So I, what's next? You don't like Hot Tub Time Machine? No, I think it's so terrible. Oh, my God, it's so funny. It, it has its funny so moments. So funny. I'm so juvenile. I really <laughs> am. I'm like a 14-year-old, like and you, you had uh, cable. Back when you had cable, and you could put a playing card in the thing to see if you could get the Playboy channel. Mm, not familiar with yeah, that Yeah, you're trip. too young for that. Yeah. You're too young for that. And you go, I think I saw something there. I think I saw that. Squiggly, through the squiggly lines. <laughs> uh, I'm such a kid. So I'm what movie's next? Uh, the Banshees of Insurance is you, the only one I can watch without having to pay for it right now. Oh, okay. I've seen Elvis, and now I've seen All Quiet on the Western Front. Which, if you have, if I'm picking between those two for best pictures, best picture, All Quiet on the Western Front, not even close. I thought uh, Austin Butler was unbelievable as Elvis Presley. He was great, but the Tom Hanks character of the Colonel just turned me off. It was just awful. And it was a little too campy for me. Austin Butler could win Best Actor, and I'd be fine with it. That movie wins Best Picture. I got a problem. The Banshees of Insurance with Colin Farrell and uh, Brendan Fraser. And I'm told, 
by my daughter and my wife, who've already watched it, to, to put the subtitles on. Because it is a strong Scottish accent that I may not be able to understand. Hmm. So uh, it's all about watching the uh, watching the subtitles. Uh, Brock Purdy, San Francisco quarterback, who got hurt and cost me the entirety of the uh, six-pack this weekend. I was 5-1 and one in the six-pack scooter. You may not have been following along. Oh, I was following along. Uh, he has a, a torn UCL. Now, if you're a pitcher, if you're a major league pitcher, minor league pitcher, that requires Tommy John surgery. That's what they tear when they have Tommy John surgery. It is a six-month process for Brock Purdy before he can uh, re- return to football activities with San Francisco. That puts us into July, which puts us a month away, less than a month away from uh, preseason football and a month away from the start of the NFL football season. The 49ers have a decision to make here. They got Trey Lance. I still don't think they know what they've got in Trey Lance, but he is the guy that is the first-round draft pick, the early first-round draft pick. They've got Brock Purdy, who was Mr. Irrelevant, but played very, very well while he was in there following the injury to Jimmy Garoppolo. And he's cheap right now. He'll be cheap for the next four years. So that's an option. Here's option number three. Bring somebody in on a one- or two-year deal. Let them play football. You know how I'm getting that here. Let them play the position. Everything else in San Francisco is in line. you got offensive weapons. you got a really good defense. Everything else is in place here to be successful and win a Super Bowl. You bring in a guy, a veteran, who can teach – Brock Purdy, what he doesn't know, and Trey Lance for that matter, and then you decide where to go from there. Tom Brady. Tom Brady grew up a San Francisco 49ers fan. Yep. All right? He always wanted to play for the 49ers. He has said that. Kyle Shanahan is an offensive-minded coach. Tom Brady beat Kyle Shanahan in the Super Bowl. The Atlanta Falcons led that game 28-3. to Everybody knows the story. And the Patriots came back and won it. A couple of questionable calls by offensive coordinator at the time, Kyle Shanahan, that took Atlanta out of field goal range late in that game. They would have clinched the game with a field goal. So if you're Tom Brady, here's the only thing. Your kids are in Miami. Two of your kids live in Miami. Miami is probably going to need a quarterback. Tua Tagovailoa is still in concussion protocol. What? Still in concussion protocol as of yesterday. That is more than five weeks in concussion protocol, which with what was his at least second, but probably third concussion. Remember that first one? They sort of covered it all. Oh, it was mm-hmm. his back. Yeah, sure it was. So Miami needs a quarterback. Brady's kids live there. Two of his three kids live there. The other lives in New York. Um, if he goes to San Francisco, you can forget those, uh, you know, every other weekend visits that you have with your kids when you're divorced as he is. San Francisco is a perfect landing spot. Now, Aaron Rodgers is on the trading block as well. He's a guy that could go into San Francisco just as easily as Brady play for a year or two, make, make them a definite Super Bowl front runner. 
but you're going to have to trade something back to get him. You're going to have to give something back to Green Bay in order to get Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady can right now, tomorrow, or today, go wherever he wants. Say, you know what? I'm going to play there. He is under contract with no one right now. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I know we got Super Bowl in 12 days, so we're going to talk Super Bowl a lot for the next 12 days, but uh, I'm very, very interested to see what the 49ers do at quarterback. Because Jimmy Garoppolo, free agent. He's done. He's under not under contract anymore in San Francisco. He's going to go somewhere else. He's tired of that drama. Never being good enough. All he, remember Jimmy G? All he does is win. Mm-hmm. All he does is win. The numbers aren't great until you look at the win column. Then the numbers are pretty good. Is it disrespectful to Trey Lance or Brock Purdy, Purdy to bring in a veteran guy like that? No. No. And I will, I'll say this. Brock Purdy's Mr. Irrelevant. They didn't expect what they got out of Brock Purdy. They did not. He was third on the quarterback list, maybe even fourth in the preseason. Uh, And as far as Trey Lance goes, you haven't shown me anything yet. You haven't had an opportunity because of the injury, because of the COVID issues during your senior season of of football, your only season of football, really, at I think it was North Dakota State. We We haven't seen anything. We don't know what you can do. We drafted you at the top of the draft because we think you have the potential to be great. But you're still young. Bring in Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Let you watch them and learn from them for a couple of years. Remember, Aaron Rodgers had to sit behind Brett Favre for a couple of years and learn. Worked out for him. Tom Brady was sitting behind Drew Bledsoe. Drew Drew Bledsoe (laughs) trying to learn when Bledsoe got hurt and Brady was sort of forced in there. Best thing ever happened to the Patriots, Drew Bledsoe got hurt. But as far as those other quarterbacks are concerned, you're they're on a first year, uh, you know, they're on their first contract. The team, it is the team's advantage right now. They can do whatever they want for a couple of years here. It's not like uh, in uh, Kansas City or Cincinnati. Kansas City has paid, Kansas City, when they paid, Patrick Mahomes, however many years it was, how much money it was, people went berserk. It's going to end up being a good contract for the Kansas City Chiefs because now every quarterback's looking at $50 million a year. That's what they're looking at. Crazy. Yeah. Joe Burrow's going to get paid probably this summer, and it's probably going to be $50 million a year. Has he earned it? Yeah, you, it's the Bengals. You've taken the Bengals to the Super Bowl and the following year to within three points of another Super Bowl. And you were great. You looked like you were going to be great before you got hurt in your rookie season. You have to pay him. If you're the Bengals, you have to pay him. Or Bengal fans will explode. Not that they're not already exploding from the game on uh, Sunday. I will go over the UofL football schedule. Talk about Kentucky's uh, chances at Ole Miss tonight. I got saw a great stat on the Kentucky Ole Miss series. I'll share that with you. Also, uh, Indiana. It's a I called it a sandwich game yesterday. It's that tweener game. You beat Ohio State on Fox on Saturday. You got Purdue coming to Bloomington this weekend. This is a trap game. You're on the road at a pretty good Maryland team. We'll talk about that as well. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X.
Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Eminem Cartage hotline open, 384-1450, 502-384-1450 to join in on the conversation. Thornton's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. Get your text into that number, 414-1450. All right, college basketball tonight here on the Big X, Indiana, Maryland. Maryland's a two-and-a-half-point favorite uh, in College Park. Nine o'clock start, eight o'clock pregame with Don Fisher. You gonna get a nap today, Scooter? Yes, I mean I don't have a choice. I can't do these nine o'clock games. <laughs> I mean they're crazy. Oh uh, well, I don't have to get up for a Kentucky roll call. That's true. I'm I'll roll out about nine, eight thirty, nine o'clock. So I'm fine. I'm well, after we're already off air, I will be on the air tonight on our sister station WFIA ninety four point seven FM. Sanex with their home finale senior night as they take on. The Christian Academy of Louisville Centurions, 7.30 tip, 7.15 pregame with Tony Burke and myself. Again, on our sister station, WFIA-FM 94.7. Kentucky and Ole Miss tonight. Let's start with that one. 9 o'clock ESPN. Kentucky's a a 7.5 point favorite on the road. Here's the stat I I teased you with. Adolph Rupp was 37-0 against Ole Miss. Wow. You would think, now I know he had great teams in the 40s and 50s, but you would think somewhere along the line, it's an accidental upset. 37-0. and 0. That's unbelievable. Cal, you got to be better. <laughs> uh, he The average margin of victory was 24.5 points a game. Only three of those 37 wins were by single digits. Sheesh. Now, that tells me more about Ole Miss than it does about Kentucky. This Ole Miss version, coached by Kermit Davis, has lost nine of their last ten games. They are uh, 1-7 and seven in conference, tied with Mississippi State, LSU, and South Carolina in conference. It is not a good Ole Miss team. Their only win in conference was at the team that beat Kentucky and Rep Arena, South Carolina. Wow. 70 to 58. Their last three games, they've lost at Arkansas by 12, Missouri at home by 12, and at Oklahoma State in the Big 12 SEC Challenge, 82 to 60. That was on Saturday. So, by, by the it, way, 7 to 3, Big 12. Explain that seven and a half line to me then. Uh, Kentucky's going, it's a road conference game. It's, they, that, it's that simple. Missouri beat them by 12. It, it, Missouri killed Kentucky. In in Columbia, but still, they they blew Kentucky's doors off. Just seems like a weird line. Uh, I'm giving the points, by the way. I'm taking them. Uh, you got to had a caller yesterday, new caller Pat, now in the running for caller of the year because uh, you call once, you're in the running, right? Yeah. He uh, he asked me how many games Kentucky's fourteen and seven. How many do they have to win in the last ten uh, to get to? to not worry about the NCAA tournament. I said, you got to get to 20. Mm-hmm. You got to get to 20. If you get to 19, then you maybe you got to win a game or two in the SEC tournament. Kentucky's in fifth place in the SEC right now with a 5-3 and three record. They're not used to that, but it is what it is. And this game is one of the games on the – you still got Tennessee, but you still have a favorable schedule if you're Kentucky because you got Florida twice – you got uh, Vanderbilt again at home. You got Georgia. You got Arkansas, who's beat up twice. 
there are a lot of win- Mississippi State is one and seven in conference. You still got to play them. There are a lot of very winnable games in the bottom half of this schedule for Kentucky. If they can't get six, look, do you you don't deserve to be in. It's pretty pretty simple. But I think they'll get six, seven, maybe eight. Who knows? You go nine and one, all of a sudden you got twenty three wins. You're twenty three and eight, and people are trying to figure out which seed you are instead of worrying about being on the bubble. But uh, nine o'clock tonight, SEC Network. Disappointing loss Saturday. I mean, the crowd was into it from the get-go. And uh, I don't want to say Kentucky was a no-show. Kansas was kind of desperate there Saturday. So give give the Jayhawks and Bill Self credit. The good part of it, it's not a conference game. The bad part of it is it's a it was an opportunity to get a quad one win, and you didn't take advantage of it if you're the, the Wildcats. I don't like the hook in this game. I will say that. It feels like seven and a half. The football, seven and a half would really scare me. Mm-hmm. But in basketball, uh, yeah, Kentucky's a better team. And keep in mind, they were on a four-game winning streak in the conference before this game against Kansas. So they have figured something out. Antonio Reeves and C.J. Frederick are not going to combine to go 0-8 very often from three-point land. That's what they did. Now, expect Ole Miss to gang up on Oscar Shebway. A&M did it. It worked to a degree. Kansas did it. It worked very well. Kentucky had zero offensive rebounds in the first half of that game the other night. Zero. And they were out-rebounded for the game by Kansas. That doesn't happen very often by anybody. No. So expect Ole Miss and Kermit Davis to throw the sink at Shebway on the glass. Don't let him get any rebounds. And if somebody else beats you, then so be it. If you're Kentucky, you got to have outside guys hit shots. Yeah, they, the Reeves, they were, the Fredericks, they, they have were to make two them. for twelve from three, if my memory serves. Mm-hmm. And those two guys were zero for eight. Got uh, it. And shots. they had Frederick especially had good looks. He had good looks. He's he just, a, He's had like three or four games in a row now where he's just got wide open looks at the bucket and can't splash them home. Sometimes it's in your head. You see great shooters, sometimes it's in their head. Uh, There's only one guy I know of that currently plays basketball that thinks he's going to make it every single time. That's Steph Curry. But when you miss a couple, anybody, all of a sudden, oh, man, I got to make this one. And you don't. I like Reeves. I think every time Reeves shoots, I think it's going in. Same. That's just the way I feel. About it. I don't feel that way with Frederick when I'm watching Kentucky play. All right, Indiana and Maryland tonight. Oh, this could be a good one. 9 o'clock, ESPN 2 over on the Deuce. The uh, Terps are 5-5 five and five in conference, 14-7 and seven overall. And for some reason, and I'm paying attention here. I think I'm paying attention. Maryland's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I guess it's because they're at home. I have a feeling there's Vegas understands that Indiana's players, especially a guy like Trace Jackson Davis, Race Thompson, guys that have been there a while, have it in their head, hey, we got Purdue this weekend. We got Purdue. Hey, hey guys, let's, let's play well so that we're playing well going into Purdue. So when you're thinking that way and you're not thinking about your current opponent – it's kind of dangerous. Remember the Rutgers game, Scooter, when you oh, yeah. sat on the other side of that glass and said, there is no way as good as Indiana's playing that they're going to lose at Rutgers. I said that? Yeah, you did. You used the term, no way. 
By the way, that game is Saturday against Purdue, and then by the way, Rutgers at home. Little little payback. Tough stretch for the whole payback for the old Hoosiers. Now, I like the fact that two of the three are at home. Yeah. If I'm an Indiana fan. Uh, let's check Maryland's last few games. They've won, uh, well, they won two out of three, three out of five. They beat Michigan by six at, at Maryland. They only lost at Purdue 58-55. Uh, beat Wisconsin by 18. That's not the same Wisconsin team as earlier in the year. No. They're they're not good They're right falling now. apart. And they beat Nebraska by 19. So Maryland comes in here, um, you know, I guess playing, well, they're playing bad teams, but they're putting up good numbers. Um, I mean, it's Indiana's won five straight though, and and I look, I still got them at fifty to one to win it all. That's going to be twenty to one when the tournament starts. Maryland has only lost one game at home all season, undefeated in Big Ten play at home. I'm thinking that probably has something to do with the. It's line. like going to the rack. Yeah, it's like going to Rutgers. And Kevin Willard can coach. Mm-hmm. He can coach. Uh, Indiana's won five straight. Uh. And Maryland is 5-0 and at home against league opponents, as you mentioned. Two of those opponents were ranked at the time, and Indiana is back in the top 25 at number 21. Who's the key tonight other than Trace Jackson Davis? Chifino was Hood Chifino was great on Saturday, and uh, I thought they got uh, meaningful minutes out of uh, Renew as well. Mm-hmm. I think he had 15 points and eight rebounds. Uh, who's going to be the other guy tonight? For me, it has to be Jalen Ochefino. Yeah, that's 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 an easy way out. Yeah. It, it I is was the, trying to challenge you, and you don't want to be it, challenged. It is the easy way out, but also if he plays the way he has been playing lately, I mean, it's no brainer. He's the second guy. Does Race Thompson? Is he going to get better here? Is yeah. He, is he going to trust that knee enough to let it all hang out? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, how do you think he played Saturday? Now, look, I had two TVs on. I was at my brother-in-law's house celebrating his birthday, and I had Kentucky on one and Kansas and uh, Indiana House down the other side. And I, most of the time I was watching the, the blue teams instead of the red team. Um, what do you think? Is Race Thompson going to be get back to being Race Thompson? So I had a game on Saturday, so I didn't get to watch, oh. but the whole – uh, I, I watch. I watch majority I don't of the know second why I half. Ask you half anything, but I no, so race. If you pay attention to the way he was playing pre knee injury, he's not a guy that's going to light up the scoreboard. I mean, he may pour in six, eight points, but it for race, it's all about the little things: the diving on the floor, the snagging steals, blocking shots down low when those opportunities present. Can he block themselves. shots with the bad knee? Is he going to sure. take a charge worried about the knee? You can't uh, things like that. If you're, is he going to go as hard after rebounds as he did before the injury? John, do you remember when you were 22, 23 I years do not. old? I do not. You you don't think about that stuff. I had no idea what happened you're, when I was. You're, you come back from injury, you're not getting on the floor and thinking, "Oh man, I hope I don't re-injure it." You're playing basketball, baby. I don't know what I had for dinner last night. <laughs> that makes two of us. Well, yours is drug induced. Mine is age induced. No, mine's little age induced. <laughs> what are you? Thirty? Thirty-three. Hey, you're not only a day over 36. <laughs> Appreciate you. Uh, all right, the uh, six-pack, I think, you know, I I love it when I have a good week in the six-pack. But then I come it's in here on Monday, and it's <laughs> it's Gary, who I love, or Dave, and nobody wants to wants to pat me on the back. So now we're going to talk about the six-pack. I'll pat you on the back. Five and one. System, by the way, five and three on Saturday and Sunday. Five and two on Saturday. I will say, damn you, Villanova on Sunday for ruining what could have been a great week. Man, they were up big, too, in that game. I know. Yeah. Uh, the winners, 
obviously Oklahoma beat Alabama like a stepchild. 93-69 to uh, in Norman. Wasn't even that close. Mississippi State upsets TCU in overtime. Um, and Mississippi State was one of those teams I mentioned that's one of seven in the SEC. One in seven in the SEC. Missouri, SEC over – by the way, without Mississippi State and Missouri's upsets, SEC would have gone one in nine. True. Missouri uh, beat Iowa State 78-61. And Pitt over Miami. That, that spread sort of fluctuated, but it ended up at plus one for Pitt, so it does count in the system. They beat Miami outright 71-68. to And, of course, Florida State, who's awful – at home against Clemson, getting two or two and a half, Clemson beats them by one. Hey, they don't take pictures of them. Did nope. you win or did you lose? Yep. The losers were Washington, who got clubbed by Arizona by 23. Uh, DePaul, I don't know why I trust. I got DePaul again tonight, by the way, <laughs> as a system bet. DePaul lost by 20 to Marquette. And, of course, Sunday, uh, Providence beat Villanova 70-65. to 65. So the system was good. The... Uh, Six-pack, I had Tennessee, who won easily uh, at home against Texas. I had Kansas State, who routed Florida. Uh, I had Kansas, who obviously pulled the, I guess it's an upset. They were the underdog. Uh, And Indiana. So four for four in college basketball in the six-pack. Going to Sunday, feeling good. And then Brock Purdy gets hurt. And then Josh Johnson gets a concussion. And I got no quarterback left for the 49ers. I really will give you a pat on the back. And I have the Chiefs. I'll give you a pat on the back for going 4-0 in college basketball without knowing the spreads. That's pretty impressive. And they were all easy against the spread. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (sighs) If only I could live that way every day of my life. All right, last night, uh, I'm going to count this one. And, Scooter, I know you got it at five. When I did the show yesterday, it was five and a half. Virginia beat Syracuse 67-62. As far as the system is concerned, that is a winner. Also, the Tony Burke system had Texas Tech last night, minus points, minus two and a half, against Iowa State, ranked 13th. Texas Tech was down 23. I I think the announcer said 26. I read 23. They were down in the mid-20s, and... Came back and beat Iowa State in overtime, eighty to seventy-seven. You watch, you watch that game? I did not. No. Oh man. Oh, oh, that's right. Nine o'clock. You're, yeah. You, you're. I was snoozing. You're asleep. Texas beat Baylor, tenth-ranked Longhorns beat the eleventh-ranked Bears, seventy-six seventy-one. I watched some of that game. Baylor's interesting. They're sixteen and six, but they spread the floor. They make you do things you're uncomfortable with defensively. Now they lost that game last night, but that's a road game in the Big Twelve. I'm telling you, when the tournament rolls around, Big 12 teams are going to be unbelievably dangerous. And uh, the ones that get in, and I'm thinking seven of the ten are probably going to get in. Six of them are ranked right now. Um, But uh, I think Baylor is going to be dangerous in March. I've already bet Indiana. I think I'm going to bet Baylor, too. Kind of crazy. They just won it a couple years ago, right? That's like we talked about last week. Sports betting, trust your gut. Who's good? I have no idea. Uh, tonight, two system bets. 
I'm scared to death of either one, both of them. Here. <laughs> Seven o'clock, twentieth ranked Clemson is at Boston College. Have you looked at the spreads, by the way? Uh uh-uh. uh I don't look. Clemson at Boston College. Clemson's eighteen and four. Boston College is ten and twelve. Probably Clemson minus five. Three and a half. Wow. Three and a half. Boston College is the play according to the system. Eight o'clock. By the way, that uh, that game's on ACC Network. Eight o'clock on FS1. Twenty fourth ranked UConn at DePaul. Yikes. Ten is the number here. Connecticut's a ten point favorite on the road. System says take DePaul. I say walk that plank under your own risk. <laughs> uh, I'm going to do it. I'm not. Su- I'm not suggesting that you do it. But the system says Boston College plus three and a half at home against Clemson. DePaul plus ten at home against UConn. By the way, that Maryland Indiana game is a Tony Burke system bet. It is Maryland, the uh, home team minus two and a half, uh, unranked against a uh, ranked opponent. So, um, Tony Burke system. Yikes. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. Come back. A little NBA to talk about and uh, the UofL football schedule. We'll go over this game by game quickly and uh, because it is, you know, eight months away, so we don't have to worry about it that much. But we will go over that as well on the other side. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Final segment of the day. Eminem Cartage hotline is open. 384-1450. 502-384-1450. If you'd like to join in on the conversation. Thorne's text line open as well. 502-414-1450. Get your last minute text into the show. At that number, Tony Burke will join me in studio tomorrow on a Wednesday for the John and Tony Dog and Pony Show We'll recap Kentucky Ole Miss game and the Indiana-Maryland game along with other fun stuff. It's always fun, right, Scooter? Absolutely, yeah. Love the Tony shows. If you're wondering who you're going to have to listen to tonight, Kentucky and Ole Miss on ESPN at 9, Tom Hart and Dane Bradshaw. So no Jimmy Dykes, Cat fans. Thank God. That's so rare that you don't get Jimmy Dykes. Thank God. I think Dane Bradshaw does a pretty good job, actually, even though he went to Tennessee. I'm not going to hold that against him. Uh, and for Indiana and Maryland on ESPN2, Brian Custer, who I'm not familiar with, Robbie Hummel, who is incredibly good and Yeah, talented. he does a really good job. And Myron Metcalf will be uh, roaming the sidelines there for the Indiana-Maryland game. So there's who's going to be on. Robbie, the, Robbie Hummel's on the done end. quite a bit of Indiana games, and it just surprises me there's never been a bias with him being a Purdue guy. He's good, man. He is good. He's really good. Um, all right. Other games tonight on the slate. Alabama's going to try to get back on the in the win column, back on get their footing back. I guess Vanderbilt is one way to do it. They come to Tuscaloosa tonight, eight thirty on the SEC Network. Alabama is a fourteen and a half point favorite. You giving the points there, Scoots? Alabama's angry. By the way, they are not happy about the way they I'd, lost at Oklahoma. No, I would not take Alabama in that. No. Are there concerns here with the Crimson Tide because of that one game? Because they had been playing very, very well. No, I, not for me, anyhow. To me, it's just more of how well Vanderbilt's been playing as of late. All right, I'll give you that. Yeah. 
8 o'clock, 7th-ranked Kansas State and 8th-ranked Kansas in Lawrence. Ooh. Kansas State with the, you know, rushing the floor crowd after they beat Kansas. Coach getting up on the uh, on the uh, table there and talk, addressing the crowd after the game. Kansas not really happy about that, I don't think. And the Jayhawks, because of that, are 7.5 tonight against a team ranked ahead of them. Now, this is not any kind of a system game because both teams are ranked, but Kansas might be out for blood tonight. Yeah. And Kansas State, if you remember, they were picked to finish last in the Big 12. But they're good. They are good. They're really good. They, they Keontae Johnson, the Florida transfer, playing great basketball again. Um, yeah, if, if you made me play this game, by the way, no uh, local TV there. It's ESPN Plus, that game of all games. We have literally eight games in the top 25 tonight, and that's the one that is not on TV. That's crazy. Oh, well, what are you going to do? West Virginia at TCU, another Big 12 matchup. The Horned Frogs at home, ranked 15th, 9 o'clock on ESPNU. TCU at home, only a three-point favorite over West Virginia. That surprises me a little bit. But the Big 12's crazy. Um, 22nd ranked, if you're – Scooter, I want you to set your alarm. Take, take a long nap, okay? Okay. Because 11 o'clock tonight, San Diego State and Nevada on CBS Sports Network. If they were in a Power 5 conference, which they're not, or Power 6 if you count the Big East, this would be a system game. But it's not because they are not Power Conference schools. San Diego State, ranked 22nd on the road, is a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Steve Alford's Nevada Wolfpack. Mm. I like Nevada. I will not be watching that. Just for the record. I'll, I'll text you make sure you're away. <laughs> I'll text you at halftime about midnight. Uh, finally, 7 o'clock, Virginia Tech at 23rd-ranked Miami. ESPNU on that one. Miami is a four-point favorite at home. So plenty of basketball to watch tonight. Uh, again, I like Kentucky, given the 7.5. And, a half and I, Do I stay on the Indiana train here? I like Maryland tonight. I do. I think the trap is a real thing. And uh, Indiana may be looking ahead here. If they're not and if they play great, good. Then maybe they win the game. But. This is not a game that if you lose a close game and you're Indiana, this doesn't affect a whole lot. No. Because that's a good Maryland. And I I like Maryland for what it's worth, but if I can get the three points that you got, uh, give me that all day for Indiana. Indiana, uh, okay, NBA news. Let's go NBA uh, for a second here before we get to the UofL football schedule. Orlando beat Philly last night, 119-109 in Philly as a 10-point underdog. The Magic with a 10-point win. Paolo Bancaro, 29 he is going to be rookie of the year, I think. I can't think of anybody else that uh, is going to have better numbers or even close to the numbers that Paolo Bancaro is putting up in Orlando. Brooklyn beat the Lakers. If you watched that one on NBA TV, I watched a lot of that last night. 121-104, Anthony Davis did not play. How do you? How are you off for the amount of time he was out and all of a sudden you, are, you have load management again already? I know they're trying to protect the legs. I get it. They're back-to-back games. They played the Knicks tonight. So I understand back-to-back. But he didn't play. LeBron didn't play. Now, LeBron is banged up a little. He is probably going to go try to make it a go tonight because they're in Madison Square Garden. You only play there once a year if you're the Lakers. Kyrie, 26 for Brooklyn. I don't know how AD sits that game out. 
that's the only time I'm okay with load management is when it's for injury purposes. It makes, makes a little more sense. LeBron, you love him or hate him, he is not a load management guy. He plays. When he's healthy, he plays. And he takes the responsibility that, hey, they're paying me, I'm supposed to play. Uh, Sacramento beat Minnesota in overtime last night. De'Aaron Fox, Kentucky fans, had 32. Golden State over Oklahoma City, 128-120. Steph Curry, 38 points, 12 assists. Shea Gilgis-Alexander had 31 for Oklahoma City, and Steve Kerr did nothing but go beyond praise for Shea Gilgis-Alexander after that performance against his Golden State Warriors. Washington beat San Antonio 127-106. Why do we care? Well, we don't, but that's the first Wizards win in San Antonio since 1999. What? 22 – well, they only go there once a year. 22 straight losses – in San Antonio for the Washington Wizards. They break that streak last night. Dallas beat Detroit 111-105. Luka, 53. His fourth 50-point game of the year. He's got five in his career, four of them this season. He had 53 points, eight rebounds, five assists. A lot of trash talking as well. Uh, talking to the bench. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Phoenix beat Toronto 114-106. Mikhail Bridges, 29 for the Suns. Still waiting to get Devin Booker back. At Portland, 129. Atlanta, 125. A lot of defense in that game. Damian Lillard, 42 for the Blazers. DeJounte Murray had 40 for the Hawks. Trey Young did not play for Atlanta last night. A couple of games in the association on TV tonight, 7.30. The Lakers and Knicks from Madison Square Garden. New York's a three-point favorite on TNT. And 10 o'clock, New Orleans at Denver. Denver's a seven-point favorite that game also on TNT. You'll be watching, right? Mm. I mean, you're awake. No. Might as well have a – how many TVs do you have? Uh, Tell me you got two or three screens out. Three, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you and Tony are rich. I only got two. <laughs> only one's mine, though, for what it's worth. All right. U of L uh, did a couple things yesterday. They renamed their football stadium. We finally – yay! All right. <laughs> we finally have naming rights. It had been five years, uh, which blew my mind. Yeah. Pretty crazy. It hasn't been Papa John's Cardinal Stadium for five years. Just Cardinal Stadium. No name Cardinal Stadium. It's a fast five years. L&N Federal Credit Union got the naming rights to the stadium. And I believe, and I could be wrong about this. I'm going to have to double check with uh, Jody Demling or somebody. I believe it's just L&N Federal Credit Union Stadium. I think they took Cardinal out of the official title. But as Scooter and I mentioned earlier, I'm still going to call. Hey, are you going to the game? Yeah, where are they playing? Cardinal Stadium. You going to Cardinal Stadium today? You going to tailgate at Cardinal Stadium? Nobody's going to say, are you tailgating at L&N Federal Credit Union Cardinal <laughs> Stadium? Nobody's going to say that. It's a mouthful. $41 million over a 20-year period is the price tag. I can only come up with $38 million, so they beat me on the bid there. John Spears, Cardinal Stadium. I like the sound of that. It sounds good. Cardinals will open the season. In uh, Atlanta on a Friday night. Boy, I hate this. I was going to go to that game, all right? But high school football, I'll have a game. I'll have a St. X game that night. So um, I'm not happy. Not happy about it. I, I hate, and I've, I've gotten up on my soapbox before on this program, I despise Friday night college football. Can't they let the high schools have Friday night? You have Thursday night games. You have Saturday you have, uh, when the season gets late, you got Maction on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. Let the high schools have Friday night. 
It is Georgia Tech, the Yellow Jackets, in Jeff Brom's first game as the head coach of the Louisville Cardinals in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, home of the Atlanta Falcons, on Friday, September 1st. That I'm assuming that's Labor Day weekend. I'm almost positive that's Labor Day weekend. Um, but a good, you know, if you're going to start against somebody, Georgia Tech, that's not bad, right? You should probably, you're, you're going to be in that game. You should yeah. probably win that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they come back on a Thursday night, uh, September 7th, for the home opener against the Murray State Racers. There's your first Jeff Brom home opponent, Murray State. That should be a win. September 16th, very intriguing. You go to uh, Indianapolis, take on the Hoosiers in uh, the Lucas Oil Stadium. Why is that intriguing? Uh, I don't know. Nothing about that's intriguing other than a Louisville win. Well, you get if you're a fan. Of either team, you get to go to Lucas Oil Stadium. That's all. You know, the old Louisville's playing two games in NFL stadiums this Three. Year. All right, I'm still looking. Keep still looking. looking. Pitt? Yep. Is that it? Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I didn't write that one down. <laughs> Three games in NFL stadiums. But uh, Lucas Oil Stadium, I am looking forward to going to that one. I am. Are you not looking forward to that game? No, heck no. That could almost be a rivalry game in the future. I mean, if if Indiana stops trying to get out of it, yeah. You're uh, you're upset with your coach right now, aren't you? I'm just upset with the whole program. <laughs> I mean, it's completely incompetent. September 23rd, and all these are Saturdays unless I tell you otherwise, the Cards return home to take on Boston College. That's their second league game. So you start Georgia Tech-Boston College. That's That screams 2-0 to me. Friday night game, yikes, September 29th, on the road in Raleigh, North Carolina State. Now, we don't know who NC State's quarterback is going to be. Devin Leary has transferred to Kentucky. I don't know who it's going to be. Maybe they go portal. Maybe they got some young guy that's going to play. Remember, Leary got hurt in the middle of the season last year, so they did have somebody playing quarterback that uh, will be back with some experience. But uh, road game on a Friday night, those are always scary. Always scary no matter who you're playing. Then October 7th, this is to me the one I got circled, uh, Cardinal Stadium. I'm sorry, LNN Federal Credit Union Stadium. <laughs> That's already tiring. Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish come into, uh, into the stadium, into the Ville on October 7th. I will be there, and I, am, I love it. I, I was there the last time Notre Dame came in. It's just a different feel when it's Notre Dame. Uh, they, bring, they bring their fans. Um. You know, it's just, I mean, it's an opportunity. And if you're Jeff Brom, who loved Notre Dame as a kid, by the way, now you get to play Notre Dame. Pitt on the 14th, apparently in uh, whatever they call that stadium now. It's not Heinz Field anymore. It's, what, it's one of those Paycor kind of deals. I can't think of what it is now. Twenty uh, After a week off, you return home for a three-game homestand. Duke, Virginia Tech, and then a Thursday night game against Virginia on a short week. Finish the season, the regular season, at Miami on the 18th of November. And then on my birthday, November 25th, Kentucky comes to LNFCU Stadium. <laughs> Is that better? Does that sound better? Yeah. Tony Burke joins me in studio tomorrow. We'll recap the Kentucky and Indiana games and look ahead to the weekend. You're listening. Thanks for listening. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. I'm a big guy. Everywhere you are. I heard it. I heard it. I heard it.